0: It's All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence. We're continuing the latest interview in our Off the Road series, speaking with artists about their experience with the pandemic and other crises. Hear everything we've aired so far at hawaiipublicradio.org, including part one of this from yesterday, and with today's feature, the complete hour-long interview with trumpeter Randy Brecker of the legendary Brecker Brothers, who just put out Brecker Brothers Live and Unreleased was this live and unreleased in any way i mean obviously it is in some ways affected by the pandemic
1: well we didn't have any gigs but it was funny uh, this was a radio show broadcast in 1980 from uncle paul carnegie hall which is a famous club and concert hall in uh, hamburg germany we were trying to remember the gig i have actually no recollection <laughs> about the particular gig and it was apparently a reason for it i spoke to our tour manager who's still a friend of mine and he had remembered that we barely made the gig in time as a one-nighter <laughs> this must have been a particularly good night our chops are up and we're really excited to play and it came about like i said broadcast a radio show and put it together we made a very nice cover but the only i guess repercussion is uh My wife and I ordered uh, a 1,002 CD sets, and they all came about two days before the lockdown started. And I had all these gigs planned, so I figured I could sell them on the gigs. So as uh, the saying goes, I used to be a million seller, and now I have a million in my (laughs) cellar. Uh, That record and a bunch of other ones that I usually (laughs) would take on the road with me. So the package is actually really nice. I found some old photos of the tour that's included in the two CD set and uh, wrote some liner notes. And uh, it's just packaged really well. And it's a lot of fun to listen to.
0: Well, something that's a lot of fun to look at is your resume. It's just kind of jaw dropping. I was hoping I could uh, just pry loose a few stories or or highlights. Um, You got it. What are the ones that maybe get you the most excited, proud to talk about? Maybe as I'm mentioning it, you're starting to smile thinking about one or two in particular.
1: Well, that's a pretty all-encompassing question since I did so many dates. Uh, I did my life in reverse. Most guys went out on the road when they were young. Like I came to New York when I was 20, 21 years old, going to NYU, and quickly got sucked into the studio scene. Luckily, Mike and I had also a playing career, so we were able to uh, basically just go out on the road and make a living from all those years on. Now it's been really 30 or 40 years uh, up until three or four months ago. (laughs) So I did everything in reverse. I'll be 75 in November. The ones I get asked about, I have no recollection of, because I was uh, hired by a guy named Bob Ezrin, a wonderful producer. Well, there was one Rolling Stones session, I remember. That was not for Ezrin. That was for Arif Mardin. The Stones were signed to uh, Atlantic Records. We played on several of their records. uh, But this one date, I was the contractor, and I called up a lot of my friends to play uh, at Atlantic Studios. And Mick was conducting the band, if you can believe it or not, all the first-rate studio guys. And it was amazing to us because it was like he was on stage in front of like 100,000 people. He was counting off the tunes dancing around the studio like he was literally on stage. So one tune he was going, he started counting off the tune. Let's go one, two. And Alan Rubin, my comedic friend, a great trumpet player from the Blues Brothers, was sitting next to me. Alan stood up and went, three, <laughs> and cracked Mick up. <laughs> well, what's some other good ones? I always bring this one up. And this is a good story uh, with uh, the Born to Run, Bruce Springsteen. Now, that one, we showed up, and there was music paper on our stands, but there were no notes on the music paper. It was blank. <laughs> and we were only hired to play. We weren't hired to arrange anything, but we were in a spot, and it was a tune called 10th Avenue Freeze Out. Wow. Started working on it. We were maybe two or three hours into doing it, and we recorded some stuff. Then all of a sudden, a guy flew into the studio saying, man, that's not it. That sounds terrible. That's not it. <laughs> it turned out that was Miami Steve Van Zandt. Oh. <laughs> and he didn't know uh, much about the studio scene. Uh, you know, we were kind of, names in the studio scene he was kind of not the most polite to us in the in the i must say uh, at first i think then guys poked him and said you know you know give him a break a little but anyway he really gave us some really good ideas to rewrite the thing and that's what ended up on that record he got really embarrassed when he found out quote who we were and they were all really
0: sweet guys was bruce around much for any of that
1: yeah, yeah, they were all there. That, those are the sessions you remember when the artist is there. And, you know, I'd say a good 80% of the sessions... Uh,
0: They're not there. You know, the
1: artist isn't there. You just get the arranger, the producer, in the studio. And it's fun when the artist is there and you can uh, really, uh, you know, get to know them a little. Paul Simon was always there.
0: Frank Sinatra, Frank Zappa, two huge Franks on your mega yeah. resume. Were they there when you did it?
1: Oh, yeah, they were there. That was live on the record. L.A. is my lady. And everyone was in the studio at the same time. Huge band, all the best guys in town. Uh, There was a small audience, Quincy Jones conducting great charts by Bob James, all the best writers. Frank just sang great. We all go, wow, man, it's Frank Sinatra. It was one of the only sessions that everyone had their cameras on, taking pictures of him. Michael Jackson showed up, in that red coat he used to wear. But at one point, we were doing an arrangement of Mac the Knife. But Frank actually sings, and uh, he altered the lyrics. But he goes, uh, we got George Benson, we got Lionel Hampton, we got the Brecker brothers, and... When he said the Brecker Brothers studio guys, they all got historical that he mentioned us.
0: That's incredible.
1: But, uh, that was an unforgettable two days of sessions, as was, you had mentioned Frank Zappa. Yeah. And I only got that gig because, once again, my friend Alan Rubin, that was supposed to be the horn section from Saturday Night Live that year. My brother had played on the show for a couple of years, so he was a part of it with Ronnie Kuber and Lou Marini, Tom Malone. So I got talked into doing the gig. I was a little reticent myself because the music is really hard, and I was worried if I could do it, and I did as good as I could. But it was fascinating watching Frank conduct. He was really a thorough and, I might add, really serious You know about his music a very serious, as he put it, classical composer. And he could conduct really well this difficult music. We played as much of it as we could. Some of it, I, I mean, I speaking for myself, was over my head. Wow. But we did pretty well. Uh, the, I think the best reader out of all of us was uh, Lou Marini, who always, particularly when we had to do the Black Page. I'll tell you one story where Marini was supposed to play the Black Page on tenor previous tune he was playing soprano he was a little lazy about switching the horn so he played it on soprano saxophone instead of tenor and midway through the black page which we're all scuffling through it's called the black page because there's so many notes on the page (laughs) frank noticed he was playing soprano instead of tenor hardly made any difference really because it's all unison but he made us stop and start over because he wanted on tenor saxophone. So we had to stop and start the tune over in front of the audience. But that record is uh, the one I get asked most about. I think out of all the records that we've played on,
0: those are just incredible stories. You're a great storyteller too, and it's Thank you. it, oh, you're so welcome. I was just curious because you are at your uh, at your home. If if you happen to have an instrument handy, just as well.
1: A... I don't know what this will sound like. Uh, I haven't really warmed up. But let's see.
0: Appreciate it too, Randy.
1: Okay, well, I'm just going to play anything that comes to mind. Some funky stuff, maybe some other stuff. Thank you. Okay, I guess that's enough of a (laughs) (laughs) warm-up. I just woke my eleven old <laughs> Well, that's the gist of it. I'm just trying to keep
0: my chops up. Your chops sound fantastic. It's Randy Brecker, the legendary Brecker Brothers, playing a little for us here on All Things Considered, sharing some great stories, and we give you a big mahalo. Anytime, man. This, is, this was a lot of fun. You yeah, have really good questions. Thank you, my brother. We'll keep in touch, too, and good luck with everything.
1: Thanks, Dave. It was a lot of fun, and uh, we'll see you again.